Shalom and welcome to the Vibe of the Tribe podcast from JewishBoston.com. I'm your host, Miriam Manziman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dan Seligson. What's up, Dan? Hey, Miriam. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm excited today um, to speak with Rabbi Mark Baker. About five months ago, Combined Jewish Philanthropies welcomed its first new president and CEO in more than 30 years. Rabbi Mark Baker, who spent his life in the greater Boston Jewish community, joined CJP in July of this year. One of Mark's first priorities on the job was to listen. In fact, what started as a desire to hold a lot of meetings to hear from a lot of different stakeholders evolved into a major year-long initiative, the 365, that is, a 360-degree look at five key questions for our Jewish community. The 365 features gatherings as large as 150 people held in venues across the region or as small as a dozen people in someone's living room. The one constant will be Mark who will facilitate each discussion and the five questions, which we'll get to in a minute. But first, Mark, welcome to the Vibe of the Tribe podcast. Thank you, Miriam and Dan. It's great to be here. So you are new here. Would you tell our listeners about yourself and what you were doing before you joined CJP to become our fearless leader? Well, first of all, I should say I'm new, but in many ways for me, this is a new chapter in the same book. I grew up in Boston uh, on the North Shore in Linfield, Massachusetts. I'm a fourth-generation Bostonian, and uh, I have been for the last 12 years leading Gann Academy, Boston's pluralistic Jewish high school. So we're a country where we spend a lot of time yelling at each other. Listening really isn't our forte. Why is a listening tour so important to you and to CJP at this point? Well, this is a historic moment, I think, for CJP and for our greater Boston Jewish community, both because of the times we're living in and the challenges and opportunity ahead, and also because any time an organization sees the transition of a beloved leader of 30 years, uh, it's a moment to step back and look at all the things we're doing well and all the opportunities we have to grow and evolve. To me, the number one way to do that is in relationship with the community that we serve. Uh, We just finished uh, a two-year community study process and a two-year strategic planning process during which we heard from people across our community. But as I begin, for me, the first priority is really getting to know the community in new ways, through new eyes, uh, with the new hat of my leadership of CJP, and to put the meat on the bones of many of the questions that the strategic plan raised and many of the things we've been hearing for for many years now. Uh, I should start by noting that one of my jobs at CJP, besides co-hosting the podcast, is working closely with you, Mark, uh, and that includes helping out on the 365 project. So uh, I'm completely involved, that's my disclosure. But when you started here, I recall you talking about how you wanted to meet with as many people as you possibly can. How have you kind of mapped out the 365 so that we make sure we get the right mix of people and that the ones who maybe don't know anything about us, don't know what CJP does, will end up somehow in the room or at least hearing about it? So let me, uh, let me actually start by going back to Miriam's previous question, which is the importance of listening. Um, part of it is about uh, an organization at a critical moment in its development and learning and informing our vision and our strategy by what we're hearing from the people whom we serve. But since you did allude to our country and yeah. the moment we're at right now, um, I would say that uh, in addition to the fact that we don't talk to one another and have in some ways lost the core democratic idea of being in relationship and in community and in conversation with people even with whom we sometimes vehemently disagree, uh, at the heart, I think, of that principle is not only talking but listening, Uh, learning how to sit in community with others and to really hear them, hear their perspectives on the world, hear their experiences, 
uh, to really humanize uh, each other by allowing them to voice uh, their concerns and their hopes and their dreams. So to me, actually a listening tour in some ways is what all of us should be doing all the time if we want to heal the heart of our democracy and create a strong, thriving community. Um, so to me, in many ways, this listening tour, uh, the medium is the message in that a very powerful way of creating community is actually bringing people together to, to share, to talk, and to listen. Um, Dan, you point out the fact that uh, one of the challenges in today's world and in our Boston community is that we often do not connect with people whose voices we don't hear regularly. And in some cases, that's intentional. We want to tune them out. And in other cases, the fact is we're, uh, we're just dispersed around the community and we tend to organize around uh, affinity groups and with people um, who have shared experiences and shared interests. So right now for CJP, which really aspires to serve our entire community and to be both relevant to and in relationship with as broad a range of Jews um, and members of Jewish households and people who care about the Jewish community, even outside the Jewish community as we can, um, it's critical that we find ways to make those connections. So one of the things we're doing is really trying to think about a map of the community. You know, where are there people who, whose voices we may not hear? Um, and that sometimes could be based on uh, Jewish affiliation or religious background. It can be geographic. Uh, it can be socioeconomic. It can be uh, cultural. Uh, we learned in our community study that there are significant groups um, of people who make up our community who often are not connected um, to the kind of regular day-to-day -day work that we do. So we're trying to create opportunities for listening um, in new geographic regions with communities that may not feel so connected to CJP. And, and the primary way we're doing that is, is through people, uh, through people and their relationships, through people who may know us and feel connected to us um, and be part of communities where others don't yet, don't yet know us and don't yet feel we hear, uh, they, we hear their voices. Um, on a very practical level, uh, we're sending out postcards, we're posting in temple bulletins, uh, we're trying to do word of mouth uh, marketing for these, we're posting on social media, we're having this podcast. <laughs> really, the degree to which we connect with new people and new voices will depend on all of you bringing your friends um, and spreading the word about the importance of, uh, of joining. It's fascinating to me that you know we've, we've talked about, well, downstairs in marketing, we talk about how often we're writing the word community and communities in our communications with the community <laughs> and in fact there's what at one point we said oh my god the new one is community of communities now that's a real thing um, I've noticed you know I grew up in Lexington uh, I know that we have three synagogues uh, I know that we have a, a sizable Jewish community but probably maybe 5,000 people among those 5,000 people they may be divided into 17 different sub communities so it, it's really uh, I'm only now beginning to get a grasp of when you say community of communities, the the vastness and diversity of Boston's 200 some odd thousand Jews. So. Yeah, and we also with this listening tour, um, you've chosen some as you spoke to some geographic different areas to hold these regional meetings to kind of shake up the norm of what CJP has done. So, example, Lexington, Dan, as you mentioned, uh, Salem, Kendall Square. Um, just a variety of new locations um, to kind of reach out to people in the community we may not have um, heard from before, right? And I, I just can't emphasize how important it, it is for us to go to where people are. Uh, I yeah. learned this actually uh, as head of GAN Academy, uh, which is a regionally diverse school. I think GAN has kids from 
about 35 different towns and cities around greater Boston who come from over an hour away in three different directions. And every time I listened to that community, you could hear that geographic diversity was real. Uh, it was beautiful and also a pain point. Mm-hmm. And um, I think people often feel like they need to come to the center. Right. You need to come. By the way, everyone thinks they're the center. But, uh, you know, the, in the Jewish community, you know, people need to come to us in order to be seen and heard by us and connected to us. And I think the power of actually going out around the greater Boston community sends an important message to people that we see where you are. We want to be in community with you where you make that community. Totally. So this is probably the perfect time to let people know where they're going to be. Uh, We have an event. We mentioned Kendall Square. Cambridge is Tuesday, November 20th. There's an event in Canton on the 27th of November. Brookline on December 13th. Natick on January 10th. Salem on January 15th. And finally, Lexington represent on February 5th. So the, the 360 aspect of this is clear from the, the locations that we're talking about. But let's talk about the, the five. Uh, the questions are something that we're choosing to share in advance because they're going to shape the discussion. I'm going to read them now. Uh, considering Jewish life in greater Boston, what is our Jewish community doing well? When you think about a vibrant Jewish community, what do you imagine it to look like? What do you think gets in the way or could get in the way of us creating a more vibrant Jewish community in the future? In what ways, if any, do you feel connected to Judaism, Jewish practice, Jewish institutions, and the Jewish community? And finally, when you think about the future of the Jewish community, what gives you hope and what concerns you? I'm curious. These questions were uh, something that we talked about and and agonized over a little bit, but how did you land on on these five? It sounds like six because we have a two-part, but there are actually five. So let me start by saying that every listening uh, tour event is different, and it's not the case that we go through question by question, person by person, because the goal here is not to get a comprehensive set of answers to any one of these questions, but rather to lay out questions that we think will stimulate people thinking about their experiences and reflecting together both on where we are and where we should go. I think at the heart of these questions are, are really getting at what any visioning process gets at and what any reflective process gets at, which is, where do you think we are today? You know, what's working and what's not from your experience? And where should we be going? And what's it going to take to get there? And what's going to get in the way? And uh, we thought these were different ways into that question, an opportunity to invite people to reflect on their current relationship with Judaism and the Jewish community, to reflect more broadly on what they think is and isn't working in Greater Boston. And then for those people who have an imagination and, and are ready to start envisioning and imagining what the future should look like, that's, I think, another powerful way into thinking together about where we should be going. So you've held a few of these sessions already. I'm kind of interested to know, you know, what surprised you or, you know, what are your takeaways so far? One of the things that I would say has been a pleasant surprise is the level of openness, honesty, and I would say vulnerability that we've seen in the room in almost every gathering so far, that people seem really willing to reflect on on their experience of the community, even when that's not always positive. I would say that the general sense of our strength and the ease with which people are able to see the great things that our community is doing, that CJP is doing, the ways people feel already connected to meaning and purpose are exciting uh, and inspiring. And sometimes what you find is people have either kind of drunk the Kool-Aid of a community. Mm. You know, they just, you know, they're so focused on how amazing it is that they have nothing negative to say, or they're kind of on the brink of checking out, you know, which is, uh, ugh, I've given up on this. 
I've discovered an incredible combination here of kind of passion and investment and faith in this community and what it's capable of and a willingness to honestly critique and reflect, but from a place of, again, investment in making it better. So for listeners who want to take part, and and really everyone listening is invited to attend one of the regional sessions that I mentioned, and you can find them all and register at cjp.org 365, 360, and then the word five spelled out. What's sort of the process? What what happens when you when you, if you go to Cambridge Multicultural Center on on November twentieth? Cambridge on November twentieth, I think, will be our first uh, geographically based large town meeting. So to some degree, we'll all find out what happens when you go there. So we're we're in for a a, a journey together, um, and to a large degree, what will happen will depend on all of you who come and join me that night. What's been happening typically has been uh, essentially me giving a little bit of framing about the moment we're at as a community and some of the big questions that are on my mind. Uh, and then inviting people to begin uh, with sharing uh, some of the positives that they see in our community and in their own Jewish experiences. So we begin to hear one another's uh, appreciations for where we are today, which itself, by the way, is incredibly powerful because what I've been finding is that in every listening tour gathering I've been at so far, people have been in a room with other people with whom they're not normally in a room. Mm. Um, even in some cases, people who are very committed, let's say, to CJP or who share experiences just don't do this. You know, the power of sharing stories, which we know um, from so many other um, from so many other vehicles that we see in our society, the power of sharing stories is so humanizing, and it's such a powerful way to connect with one another. I actually tell everyone at the listening tour that even if you don't feel moved to share anything, just by being here and listening to others, you're really you're helping to build community. And it's an incredible service to this community to be willing to give other people the space to share their perspectives and experiences. So I will typically uh, open it up with that. And then we shift into what do you think isn't working so well? And uh, oftentimes that gets a little more animated. <laughs> um, I, I noticed that, actually, the one I went yep. to uh, a couple weeks well, ago. It's human nature that we tend to get more excited when we're invited to criticize. I've um, seen that on Yelp, actually. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's my whole life. <laughs> that's how anyone who's in a relationship knows that as well. Look, and uh, I would also say it's not just about criticizing one another. I find um, having, you know, led improvement-driven organizations for many years right now, and even actually working with students for many years, that even when it comes to self-improvement, it's like, okay, that's nice, but let's get to the hard stuff. You know, uh, when you do performance reviews with people, they're like, people actually have a harder time hearing their positives. And they want to move right away to, okay, what can I improve? What can I improve? What can I improve? And the truth is you have to slow down and also allow yourself to focus on and celebrate what is working because building upon what's working actually is the first step in improving and adapting and evolving. Uh, That said, uh, it tends to be easier for people to see the things they think should be different and the ways they think things should change than uh, focus on all the things that they appreciate. So it tends to get more animated. And usually what then happens is people's reflections on on kind of the ways that we are not yet the community we aspire to be morph into vision language. Mm. Like, oh, what we should be doing is this, or where we should be going is this. And that becomes a, a transition into some shared visioning, which actually begins to sometimes actually bring back in positives and appreciations. Because once you start imagining where we should go, suddenly people see the things that are working now in a new light. We should do more of this. 
and doing more of something actually is a way of appreciating that which we're already doing um, and just saying we should do more of that. So that's typically how it goes. So you, you had mentioned that you know if, if you're doing your job correctly, you're always on a listening tour, but the 365 does have a, an end at some point. By the end of this process, how many meetings do you think you will have held and how many people do you estimate you will have spoken to in the community? So let me start by saying that I, I feel I've been on a listening tour since, since I began the process of even applying for this job because a great, uh, a great process um, of application and interviews is itself a listening tour. So, and I would say every individual meeting I have with anyone, and in all honesty, every time I'm in community with people, whether that's a Shabbat meal or bumping into people at an event, I am realizing is part of this listening tour. Mm -hmm. So uh, in terms of formal events, uh, as you already mentioned, some large, some small, I certainly think we're going to have um, 30 or 40 of them over the course of this year. And when you add to that my one-on-one -on -one meetings with people, my informal conversations, I certainly expect to hear from hundreds, if not thousands, of people in year one. So meeting is the easy part, I think. How do you process, categorize, and, and act on the information that you're getting from these many meetings you're having with a whole lot of people? Yeah, and here I think I, I, I want to give a shout out to the tremendous work that's already been done by CJP through our community study and our strategic plan. This is not taking place in a vacuum. I would say the, the very process of seeking its next president and CEO, of which I obviously was a part, also uh, revealed the fact that CJP has done a lot of thinking about the big questions it needs to wrestle with and our community needs to wrestle with going forward. So first of all, we have existing categories, mental models, hypotheses, and some of what we're doing is listening for people's comments that either help to deepen our understanding of those models um, and to kind of uh, help them to be a little bit, I would say, thicker and, and more textured, uh, more nuanced. Mm -hmm. And so part of what I hope we will be doing is helping to reflect back to people how their comments and perspectives and experiences experiences actually fit into a framework that we've already been thinking about. Secondly, sometimes we break those mental models. So sometimes we hear from people, no, no, you've just been thinking about this all wrong. And so I also hope to be able to report back to people that no, we're actually thinking differently as a result of this listening tour. We're seeing things in new ways. Um, and we now have new frameworks and paradigms and categories with which to think about, uh, about our community going forward. And I hope if we do this well, first of all, the conversation will continue. It will be a two-way conversation and we'll be reflecting back, which will then generate a need for a second listening tour, whether it's formal or informal. Um, but also that we'll begin to develop together uh, as a community um, some shared language for making sense of the, the world in which we live and uh, for making sense of the world and the community as we hope to shape it. So let's make one last pitch for people who maybe are listeners who may not really want to schlep out um, to Cambridge on the 20th or Canton on the 27th when they could easily not do that because it's cold outside and Netflix is inside. What would you say to people who are kind of on the fence about it? I would say, first of all, this is a real opportunity to make your voice heard and to help inform and, and shape certainly my personal thinking and CJP's vision for the future. And we need you. Please make the effort to come out. 
that said, I hope there will continue to be vehicles for people to make their voice heard in addition to these formal meetings. For that reason, I think there's another reason to make the effort, which is this is a very very powerful way to see and experience our community in a way that you haven't before. Um, And one of the things I've now observed in every one of our gatherings is a sense of appreciation that we're just bringing people together to talk about real things and to listen to one another. It's not just me listening, it's everyone else in the room listening as well. And I actually believe that that is a powerful way to create and form and deepen the connections that help us to feel not only connected to our little C communities, but part of a a greater whole. So Mark, Dan and I really want to thank you for joining us on this episode today. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. And uh, it's been a pleasure. And I look forward to more conversations with you and uh, to seeing and hearing from uh, lots of you out there on this listening tour. And I will see you at at least five out of six (laughs) of the regional meetings. So I look forward to that, too. Yes. uh, Listeners out there, um, please note that you are invited to attend any one of these upcoming sessions around Greater Boston. For more details and a complete list, visit cjp.org slash 365. That's 360 and F-I-V-E. To make sure you don't miss an episode of Jewish Boston's The Vibe of the Tribe podcast, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and follow at Jewish Boston on social media. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.